If you like the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen on. Feel free to leave a nice review, too, if you like. And don't be shy about letting other people know about the show. All of these things help us out a ton, and we appreciate it very much. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Sleepover Kathleen I was a sophomore in high school when Delilah and Doris invited me to their new house for a sleepover. Delilah and Doris were twins, not identical. They were classmates and dear friends. They had moved into the house about a month ago. The house wasn't some big gothic-style mansion that had a looming presence. It was just a regular, two-story, cookie-cutter home in a suburban neighborhood. The twins both claimed that the house was haunted, specifically the basement, which is where we were all planning on spending the night. Why spend the night in a haunted basement when the warmth, coziness, and security of their bedroom was an option? For the fear factor. And the dumb factor. I mean, we were high schoolers. The twins said that whenever they went into the basement, there was a thickness to the air, like a warm humidity. This was very strange for a basement which was typically damp and cool. They claimed that both of them and their parents had heard strange noises coming from the basement. Usually a tapping sound. They would check around for the source of the tapping, but could never find it. They suspect the house to be haunted by the ghost of Jeremiah Cole. He was a boy around my age who committed suicide in the basement ten years prior. At first I thought the twins were pulling my leg, so I looked into it, and sure enough it checked out. A boy named Jeremiah Cole actually did kill himself down there. They were telling the truth. The fact that someone really died down in that basement gave me second thoughts about actually going through with the sleepover, but I knew the twins would tease me forever if I chickened out, so I decided to go through with it. We all brought our sleeping bags to the basement and sprawled them out on the icy floor. That was the weird thing. The floor was cold, but the air really was heavy, warm, and humid. They hadn't been kidding about that, either. It was a full basement. There were an array of boxes stacked neatly against one of the walls, but otherwise the entire basement was empty and vast. The walls were smoothed out concrete, and there was a closet door across from the stairs. It was a regular old wooden door that had never been stained. That's where the twins said the sounds come from. We had settled into our sleeping bags for the night and were telling ghost stories, so I was already on edge when I heard the tapping. 
It was just a few light taps, like someone tapping their pencil against a desk. It was coming from the closet. Did you hear that? The twins looked at me like I was crazy. Apparently they hadn't heard a thing. We all listened intently for several minutes, but didn't hear anything else. We spent another hour telling ghost stories and then turned out the lights and went to sleep. I was awakened in the middle of the night by a voice. Well, not really a voice, so much as it was a moan. It was deep, male, and accompanied by a heavy breath. The moaning continued as the tapping grew louder, and suddenly there were intense clanking sounds. It sounded like chains being dragged along the chilly concrete floor. Then I heard the voice. It was a young man's voice. It was full of anguish. Help me. I screamed and woke up the twins. They were both startled and began frantically asking me what was wrong. Do you hear that? Listen! I was afraid the noises would stop and they'd think I was nuts, but the sounds continued. Chains were rattling, overlapping tormented moans were calling out, the tapping had transformed into pounding, and on top of all of it was the suffering cry of a young man. Help me! Suddenly everything went silent. All three of us girls looked at each other with fear-filled eyes. I was about to say something when the closet door gently creaked open. I wasn't about to wait around and see what came out. I screamed and ran out of the house. The Sleepover Delilah and Doris I'm Delilah. I have a twin sister named Doris. Fortunately, we're not identical twins, or I'd be ugly as sin. I'm just kidding. Doris is much prettier than I am. Recently, we moved into a new house in a crowded suburban neighborhood, and our new house comes with a cryptic past. A boy named Jeremiah Cole killed himself in the basement. Legend has it that he found his girlfriend in the arms of his best friend and was so heartbroken that he went into the basement and slit his wrists. My sister Doris alleged that she heard tapping coming from the closet in the basement, but my sister and I are pranksters, so I'm not so sure if I believe her. But my dad said he heard a similar type noise come from down there as well from within the closet. He didn't think it was paranormal, though. He thought there had to be a logical explanation for it, although, as of yet, he hasn't been able to find one. My mom claims to have heard the subtle sound of a voice in the basement. It, too, came from behind the closet door. To this day, she's convinced it was me or Doris fooling around. We do joke around a lot, so I understand why she would think as much. But it wasn't us. There's also a strange heaviness in the air down in the basement. It's balmy, and I swear there's something depressing about it. Could it be a sign of Jeremiah Cole's ghostly presence? My dad thinks it's just due to lack of air ventilation and possibly over-insulating. Doris and I have a good friend named Kathleen. We love her, but she's very gullible and easy to fool. 
We thought it would be a lot of fun to invite her to a sleepover in our supposedly haunted basement and try to spook her. We recorded a bunch of spooky moaning, chains rattling, and tapping. Then we had Doris's boyfriend, Paul, record the words, help me, a bunch of times. We mixed it all together, put it on a tape recorder, and placed it in the closet. The plan was to set the mood with a bunch of scary ghost stories, and when Kathleen was asleep, we'd start the recorder in the basement closet. During our ghost stories, Kathleen said she heard some tapping coming from the closet. Doris and I eyed each other. We thought maybe the jig was up. Kathleen probably knew we were up to something and was trying to turn the tables on us. But then she brushed it off and didn't bring it up again. Not long after that, we turned off the lights and faked going to sleep. Once we were sure that Kathleen had dozed off, Doris got up, went into the closet, and hit play on the tape recorder. The scary sound effects worked like a charm. Kathleen was totally freaking out. When Doris pulled open the closet door with fishing wire, Kathleen just about had a heart attack. She jumped up out of her sleeping bag and went running, not just out of the basement, but out of the house and down the street. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Doris and I laughed hysterically for the longest time. When we finally simmered down, I commended her on how well she pulled off the opening of the door with fishing line. We had discussed doing something like that, but ultimately decided the tape recorder gag would be enough. Fortunately, Doris took it upon herself to follow through with the door opening prank on her own. It was the perfect exclamation point on the entire joke. I stopped laughing when I saw the confusion on Doris's face. I didn't open the door, I thought you did. I giggled. She was fooling with me. I expected her to laugh along with me, but she wasn't. She held her perplexed expression, so I made it clear. Doris, I did not open that door. Don't joke around with me. Tell me the truth. Did you open the door or not? Doris slowly shook her head. I know Doris better than she knows herself. She was not kidding. She was genuinely frightened and rushed up the stairs out of the basement. I was a little braver than Doris. If neither of us opened the door, I wanted to find out how it opened. Most likely the door hadn't been closed all the way and some kind of draft caused it to open on its own. I spent a long time trying to recreate the door opening, but couldn't do it. I was starting to get a little creeped out. Maybe our basement really was haunted. As I looked all around the inside of the closet searching for any clues as to how the door could have opened, I found something unusual wedged under an opening between the bottom of the closet wall and the basement floor. I pulled the strange object out and looked closely at it. It was a piece of wood that had been hand-carved into the shape of a heart with a dark brown muddled stain on one side. It was beautiful. I showed it to my parents and they had no idea what it was, but my father pointed out that he was certain the brown stain was dried blood. My father is a geneticist. 
He took the wooden heart to work with him and through DNA testing was able to conclude that the blood on the beautiful wooden heart belonged to Jeremiah Cole. What's really weird is that ever since I found that hand-carved wooden heart, the strange heaviness lingering in the air of the basement is gone. The Sleepover Jeremiah My name is Jeremiah Cole. I caught my girlfriend making out with my best friend on the gym bleachers. I was devastated. But rather than let myself get down about the whole thing, I tried to look on the bright side. And there was one. Her name was Melissa. Melissa was in my science class. I always thought she was cute. Sometimes I'd catch her looking at me. She'd smile embarrassingly and look away. Since my girlfriend was no longer my girlfriend, I decided to move on and ask Melissa out on a date. I am an excellent woodcarver. I specialize in small carvings that can be held in the hand. I do a lot of animal sculptures and figurines. My woodshop teacher actually paid me to make him a hand-carved chess set. I thought I'd break the ice with Melissa by giving her one of my handmade wooden sculptures as a gift. I thought a long while about what to carve for her and ultimately decided on a heart. I went to my basement, where I did all of my carvings, and sat down in my rickety stool and got to work. It was easy, and I got moving quickly. I was just about done when my stupid, unsteady chair gave way and sent me toppling to the frigid basement floor. My carving knife was razor sharp and slit right through my wrist as I fell. I also bumped my head on the concrete floor and knocked myself out cold. Being that I was unconscious, I couldn't tend to my wrist wound and I bled to death. Everyone thought it was suicide, but I don't care what people think. I could have moved on to the next world where I'd be much happier, but I wasn't ready yet. Something was holding me back. I take great pride in my work, you see. That wooden heart was the last work of art I would ever do in this world. When I fell to the ground, the wooden heart went skipping across the floor, slid into the nearby closet, and under a small opening where the closet wall and basement floor met. No one would ever see it. That left me with a depressing, heavy feeling. My parents sold the house and the next occupants never went to the basement, but when they sold it to a couple and their twin daughters, they cleaned up the basement. They even did a power washing on the floor. A jolt of water sprayed under the opening between the wall and the floor and moved my wooden heart halfway out of the wall before it got stuck. But still, half of it was sticking out. If one of these people saw it, they'd likely pick it up and I'd feel free. I'd finally be able to move on. I did my best to make noises in the closet to get them to come down and look around. I have a difficult time manifesting sound. I'd scream out, but nobody would ever hear me, although I think the mother may have heard me once. I had my most success with a tapping noise. I was able to make it loud enough to where the father looked around in that closet multiple times, but he never found my wooden heart. When the twins had a friend over and they all slept in the basement, I tried my damnedest to make noises, but I wasn't having any luck. I managed a few taps, and the friend heard it, but then dismissed it. 
When Doris turned on the tape recorder to scare their friend, I figured I missed out on my chance. I mean, no noise I could make at that point would be loud enough to be heard over that damn recording. I was quite frustrated and kicked the door. To my surprise, it caused the door to creak open. Lucky me. That led to the girl Delilah finding my wooden heart, the last piece of art I ever created. I was finally at peace and moved on. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit maniacontheloose.com, sign up for our newsletter, and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. From the mind of a maniac. Eight horror stories that are interconnected either significantly or slightly and are all bundled into one gigantic collection. That's right, you get eight books for the price of one. Maniac on the Loose, The Nine Lives of Ski Mask, The Craving, The Caretakers, It Lives in the Attic, Goat Sucker, Spirit Stalkers, Hell is Full. All eight books for the price of one. Go to Amazon and search for From the Mind of a Maniac or go to maniacontheloose.com slash books.